from one. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. And it will be a electronic arts led panel. Oh god. Uh, do they have like <laughs> troll armor on? Because I hope they're prepared. Oh, there's gonna be, be there's gonna be some fans in there that are probably gonna be kicked out. Oh yeah, because oh, you like, fucked up Battlefront, you fuckers. Uh, they're gonna need some body armor, maybe a helmet. If they screw up at Star Wars Celebration, I want Kathleen Kennedy to come out of the ba- uh, background and say, "You're fired." <laughs> if any of those EA guys are wearing helmets, I'm like, "Take off that ridiculous mask." <laughs> That's I, it. I guarantee you, Mike. As soon as they open those rides, they will sell out. Do you think they're going to be stores. gone? They will be gone. No, they got to have an entire section. And uh, Dave- oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they have an entire section. You will have people going into Disneyland buying. Four, five, ten of oh, those, gonna, of those toys. To, David, I'm going to battle people. I'm like, you will not take that from me. <laughs> you will not take that from me. <laughs> <laughs> Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Oh, man, I almost choked the very top of the show, Dave. (laughs) I don't think that's a good way to start a broadcast. But it's so good to be back, though, man. It does. We've taken a break from Star Wars, not because we needed one. This isn't like a breakup. We're not, you know how you sometimes need a break from your significant other? No, that's not the case. In fact, we might be the obsessive girlfriend of Star Wars. Oh, yeah, very obsessive. I mean, we stalk them. We don't rape them, though. We don't rape Star Wars. Do Maybe. we? Maybe. Is it acceptable if to do that? called for it. Because you never know. Star Wars might like it rough. It's psychological rape. <laughs> and I do like it. I like it rough. I'm not saying I'm doing the raping. I'm accepting the raping. So because I'm accepting it, it wouldn't be rape then, right? Oh, true, true. Okay. So maybe we should just delete this entire part of the show. <laughs> so for the live listeners, uh, enjoy that weird beginning. <laughs> All right, so lots of things to get through. Surprisingly, there hasn't been a lot, but about two or three days ago, news has been dropping here and there as people prepare their minds and their souls for one of the biggest Star Wars events, and that's Star Wars Celebration, which is just around the corner. That It's going to be next week, Dave. Imagine, he, dude, all the stuff that they're going to announce. And that's, that's why we so haven't crazy. had all that news, Dave. That's why we haven't had all that news because they're waiting. They're holding on to it. People are like, when are we going to get a episode nine trailer? When do we get a Mandalorian trailer? Well, Kathleen Kennedy has a strong hold on everyone's balls, right? Dude, now. Her pimp hand is strong. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she's doing. As I've said, 
And I, like, you're not coming yet. Yeah. You're not. You're not allowed to. You're going to wait till Star Wars <laughs> Celebration, you. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some st- I, I I don't think people are going to. I don't think Star Wars fans, Dave, are going to be able to handle themselves. No, I don't think so either. Especially at Celebration when everything. The way the schedule got posted. And now when you get a look at like, okay, this is their game plan. They're building up to something. Because, like, it used to be you open up strong, then you, especially with a convention, you open up strong and then you just let it, you know, trail off. Right. No, they're going to start small in their in their eyes. And then you have the panel for episode nine at the very end of the very end of the convention, which is very strange for convention lifestyle because by Monday you want to get out of the convention. Yeah. You don't want to stay. <laughs> yeah. You're usually done by that point. So there, there's definitely a strategy. And also Dave, out of all the, the years that have gone by that star Wars has been extremely relevant within pop culture. Star Wars celebration. This one coming up is in a rare position to deliver nonstop information. And I'm not talking about just the tie in stuff like books and comic books, which is a lot of, which is great, especially when it comes to star Wars. We love that stuff. Yeah. But we're dealing with TV shows. We're dealing with movies. We're dealing with books, comics. It's not just what it used to be. We have never had a star Wars event or a star Wars celebration that came out during the same time that we're getting several TV shows. That's why. And several movies. What do you think is going to be the first thing? Honestly, the first thing is I'm going to come. Like, that's the first thing. (laughs) No, you can't come yet because we don't know what's there. I mean, you might come because all of a sudden resistance gets announced and then you're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want to come to him. Oh, Jesus, (laughs) Dave. (laughs) Well, here, here's this bit of news for you, Dave, right? Star Wars, the Mandalorian has already been renewed before season one even airs. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite piece of news because I'm like, going, the Disney execs must have seen it and either a like their whole pants were just a mess and they had to call the dry cleaners. Okay. Can we stop with these analogies? <laughs> They're horrible, <laughs> but it's true because we've waited this long, Mike, we've waited and waited and we've been patient. We have been patient. Have we been patient? Have we? But now, because we didn't get our trailer at Super Bowl, we didn't get any information of the Mandalorian. We didn't get anything at the end of the year. Disney's got to actually come with absolutely their best. So what do you think they're doing with this Mandalorian news that is being renewed before season one even airs? (laughs) There could be only two things, really. There's only a few scenarios. Either A... The show sucks and they are nervous that people aren't going to like it. Right. So they release the news that there's more, there's life to the show. Please watch because we're already green lighting a season two. There is, there is life to this show, which I know a lot of executives in years past, they also do that. They give shows early renewals, but usually not until at least the first or second episode airs. Because they can gauge whether or not the audience is interested or 
they're not. And they can do those early renewals as uh, for different reasons. They can do it to create excitement saying, yes, everyone loved it. And guess what? We're going to be back next year. Or it was a lackluster premiere and they want people to know, hey, please watch this. It's not going to get canceled. You can enjoy the story without running the risk that you're never going to find out what happens to our heroes. But I've never seen a renewal happen before a show even airs, Dave. This when they when they gave this news out, one of the things that I thought about is they must have complete confidence in this show. That's what I'm hoping it is. And that's what I'm hoping. That's what that's what I was thinking is they that have they just blew confidence. their minds that the executives all sat around the screening room and they were just blown away by the excellence of this show. Yeah. And Disney must be wanting to make this their flagship for the streaming service. Yeah. That's coming out. And if that's the case, I'm really psyched for Mandalorian now. I'm excited. I used to be really hesitant about it because I'm not, I was like going, I don't know if a concept like this could work. When were for you Star hesitant? Wars. Dave, you were never hesitant. We brought Come up on. the fact that basically, will Star Wars fans accept a genre type of show on Star Wars? We don't know. Right. Because of the, because of the, the current, the current landscape of the trollish behavior of everybody. I think if anything, we weren't sure what to expect, but that says that could be said about anything moving forward into the future of star Wars. Once we move past the Skywalker trilogy after episode nine premieres, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what the future of star Wars is going to look like when you don't have the Skywalker trilogy or trilogies being the foundation of Star Wars. And that's the cool thing. There's a little bit of hesitation. I'm a little, I'm afraid just a bit, but there's also a sense of excitement as well, because we've never been in this position to where we just don't know what to expect. And that goes for the TV shows as well, Dave, the Mandalorian rogue one. And, and what does this mean for the storytelling process of Star Wars as well? For the most part, and please don't slap me or kill me. Star Wars fans, Star Wars is uh, is escapism. It's pure, pulpy escapism. But yes. can you do a successful TV show like that? Okay, this is the questions I have as being a, being a a writing buff and TV and movie buff. Can you bring like I'm talking deep substance to a Star Wars story, a TV series like The Mandalorian, like Rogue One, without changing what Star Wars is? Those are the things I have questions. One of the biggest about. things, one of the biggest things that drew my hesitation to Mike is when you see the parallel of Star Wars is in the same position that Marvel was in. And when Marvel went with Agents of Shield, everyone was up and like joyous about it because we're getting a Marvel TV show. And then when Mar when Agents of Shield dropped, everyone was like going this doesn't work. Yeah. That's the problem that you could have with Star Wars. But then look at what they've done with, because uh, that's a good comparison, Dave, because then look what they've done with Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica. Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew. Oh, no, not Jessica Drew. Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. <laughs> Jessica Drew. <laughs> <laughs> she solves the mysteries. Are you talking about Nancy Drew? Nancy you, Drew. Like you're getting your, oh you're getting your PIs mixed up. Yeah, I am. Well, what next? Magnum? <laughs> Magnum PI? Magnum PI. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch? <laughs> uh, like, but then they, and also, even though people didn't like it, Iron Fist, there's a sense of maturity and 
it's less escapism and they're dealing with relevant themes of today. Punisher, dude. Punisher is fuck. Punisher is fantastic. <laughs> and what they do with that show as well. So, I mean, if anything, we can point to them because, yes, you can look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's popcorn movies. Are they exciting? Yes. I'm not going to bash them for what they are. They're they're great. But you can't really keep a show on television and maintain people's interest with that type of flair. And that's all you have. If that's yes. all you have, if, that, if that's all you're bringing to the table, people aren't going to want to tune in week to week. So you're going to see a change in Star Wars storytelling that we have never seen yeah. before. And yes, that poses lots of questions for me, but also I'm getting very excited because we are going to get a different side of Star Wars that we've never been able to delve into before. And that's why I'm excited, Dave. And I cannot wait to sell star, tell Star Wars Celebration, you know, wows us. We've got to see first footage, right? If we don't get a teaser for The Mandalorian, <laughs> we've got to at least get first footage, right? I will be confused if we don't get uh, a at, teaser. At least. At least a teaser. Because then it's like, what the heck are you guys waiting for? I mean, this goes back to like, are they just bad at marketing? Because like, do you think Disney thinks they, is it big dick syndrome, Dave? Is it like, Hey, you know, we got a big dick and we know it. We don't need to advertise. Do you think star, they think star Wars can just benefit off its own name? Because if they, if, didn't if, they not learn from solo? Yeah. They, they, they had a poor marketing strategy and not, and the, the movie didn't fail because the movie sucked. The movie was fantastic. Yeah. It, it failed at the box office because there was almost no attention to marketing. And they're doing the same thing, David, if you pay attention, with Endgame. There's not a lot of marketing until right now, within the last six before six weeks before it's about to premiere. Uh-huh. Are we getting all of these trailers and marketing? And like even today, they just revealed the story teaser yeah. and everything. And the teaser just kind of kind of ruined every point of the whole figuring uh, out what the story is. Right. But that works for getting back to the marketing aspect. The marketing works for... Or in game because of the way the last movie ended. It doesn't really need marketing, but we are seeing a trend and uh, that we we're starting to see a trend when it comes to Disney's marketing. It's starting to be a little bit lighter than it used to be. And maybe that's because they have so many properties coming out at different times. They don't want to coop. What the what fuck the just heck happened? Was that? Hey Dave, you're gonna have to talk for a second, but it, it, it is like what you said is like, for you, it's it, for like you brought up the whole point that it's light. For me, it just feels like laziness. Like they 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 expect that this is going to work because it's Star Wars, because it's Marvel. People will show up regardless of right. what they want to do, regardless of what they do. And that is and true. that's just plain lazy to me. It is lazy, and and maybe they're going to learn their lesson eventually. I don't know. I'm not going to try to— I hope to, it's not that. I do hope it's not that. I'm not going to try to say I'm a marketing guru and Disney knows nothing. Obviously, they know what they're doing. Look at their, their business and their business model. But it is a weird trend of late that they are a little bit light with marketing some of their films. Because let's face it, dude. I mean, it, this is an important year for Star Wars because— if they have another bad year of Star Wars, essentially this could be a franchise, almost franchise killer. And I don't like being a doomsayer. Yeah, but Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not spell doom and gloom quite doom yet. Doom and gloom quite yet. But 
honestly, business wise, you cannot be this lazy with a franchise. But are they being lazy though, Dave? I'm talking about marketing individual products. I'm not, I don't think they're being lazy with Star Wars because look what they're doing with Disneyland. <laughs> That's one of the biggest marketing efforts of all time. They're designing an entire land specifically for one of their properties. But it's the nuanced marketing that I think they're missing the boat on. Yes. Like, where's the information on The Mandalorian? Where's the information on Episode Nine? There's nothing. We're There's talking nothing. about fucking Star Wars here. And we don't know, we don't, we know close to nothing when it comes to episode nine. So oh my God, you know that we're going to get creature stalls at, at freaking Disneyland <laughs> creature stalls. What are you talking about? That's the, that's one of the biggest headlines that they had just a recently. creature stall. Yeah. Like Where a petting you? zoo. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. what I want. I want a petting zoo. <laughs> I don't want a petting zoo, David. How well, is that exciting? You don't want to pet a porg. <laughs> I want to kick a porg. <laughs> Can we put Rose Tico in the petting zoo? Oh, oh. come on, David. That is, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> okay, Dave, switching gears here a second. A new Star Wars audio only novel will explore Count Dooku and Ventress's backstory. God, thank you. Talk about under the radar. This was released. I want to say this information was posted first by the website um, Del Rey. Yes. They were the first ones to break it. Usually StarWars.com breaks this news first. Del Rey themselves broke this news first. Because Del Rey is the one that, that absolutely just waves the banner of Star Wars when it comes to books and well, audio it, media. It's their, um, That's it's, their it's, bread and butter. It's their bread and butter. It's a livelihood. But I'm really excited for this, Dave, because this is going to be a project that I don't know what the strategy behind novel only, but I don't really care really what the reason is other than the fact that we're getting a story pertaining to count due to count doo <laughs> count Dooku and Ventress. I think count doo will also be in the petting zoo as well. Yeah, count doo is in the petting zoo. Watch out. But don't step on count doo Honestly, honestly, dude, this bit of news had me really excited because like, the more I thought about it, one of the biggest things that I really do enjoy outside of Star Wars is the audio plays of, say, like, uh, I, I believe it's called Big Time, that they do Doctor Who and a lot of the Marvel stuff. And they have, like, cast. They have, well, like... For, forget. Bring it back to this franchise in itself, Dave. It's, do you remember the 90s? Yeah. We had the Tales of the Jedi audio dramas. We had the Dark Empire audio drama. We also, of course, had the trilogy... Uh, the original trilogy audio dramas, and they are so fucking fun because they bring a different perspective to the story. Yeah, and it's all like not just narration, but they throw sound design into it where it has a soundtrack. You're talking about, what are you talking about? The audio dramas? The or you're audio talking about dra- the, the novel books? Both, because some of the audio books, they actually had their own soundtracks, some of them. And some of them were right. just really good. Well, that's more in line with, with what this is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm announced a new Star Wars novel, uh, Dooku, Jedi Lost, written by Kevin Scott, which will explore the backstory of Sith Apprentice, Ventress, and Count Dooku. There are plenty of Star Wars novels out there, but this one is different, says the article. It's an audio-only novel. Over the years, Lucasfilm and his publishing partner, Del Rey, have built up a track record for producing some of the best audiobook experiences out there. Now, I will say this, Dave, that I am not an audiobook fan. I prefer to read. I feel like it exercises your brain. It teaches you to have a more 
um, robust vocabulary. It's better, in my opinion, and that's why I choose to read. But this is a good way for someone like me to be brought into the fold, because if this is the only way I can get the story, then I will turn into an audiobook junkie, especially if they start doing these types of things. Now, getting back to the article, they have an access to a huge library of sounds and music from the Star Wars franchise and work them into the story alongside the narration, as you were saying, Dave, enhancing the story in ways that are unusual for audiobooks. The story will follow Sith Apprentice Ventress as she works to uncover Dooku's past and why the Jedi Master ended up leaving the Order. The two characters appear frequently in the Clone Wars animated series, and this story looks as though it'll provide some context for their relationship. The novel, like many in the Star Wars franchise, will shed some light on a corner of the franchise that's largely gone unexplored in the franchise's new film canon. Uh, where Dooku's history was covered in books such as Darth Plagueis and a variety of comics before Disney acquired Lucasfilm, the backstory was wiped away in favor of a clean slate for the new trilogy of films. Yes. So this will be a new backstory for Count Dooku. And it'll be a completely, this is 100% how it should be. Which is one thing that basically a lot of a lot of fans of the prequels have always asked. One of the most intriguing things was, what is the connection between Dooku, Qui-Gon, and Yoda? We know, because Qui-Gon mentions that Dooku is his master. Right. Yoda mentions that he's his former apprentice, which if you're the apprentice of Yoda, how powerful are you? Well, it wasn't everybody. Uh, it wasn't like the point, like Yoda trained everybody. Not really. When he's his personal Padawan. A personal Padawan? Is that what we learned, though? Did, did we learn that? You get that sense. Now, they did actually bring up in the, in the comics that he was Yoda's, quote-unquote, only Padawan. But That's been retconned. That's been retconned. Yeah. So I'm going to be really interested to see how they explain the background of Dooku, especially with that title, Lost Jedi. I never liked that idea that, Pad, that he was exclusively Yoda's Padawan because it just shows... Yoda failed as well. Like, come on, dude, you failed this bad too. Is everyone fail? Does everyone <laughs> suck as a teacher at the Jedi Council? Do all of you not know how to teach? You bring up a very um, valid in fact, point. If I was a Jedi and I saw how many Jedi were turning bad, I'd be like, um, like who? Um, and I was like a Padawan just joining the ranks. I'm like, hey, can I? Um, who's who teaches teachers? <laughs> yeah, you bring up a very valid point. Yoda failed. Obi Wan failed. Hell, Luke failed. Even, even, <laughs> even Anakin kind of failed Anakin with Ahsoka. Failed I mean, with she, Ahsoka. she didn't become evil, but she, but she, she left the Jedi Order. <laughs> you bring up a valid point. It's like, God, can the someone succeed? Suck. Can someone fucking succeed here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be interesting. I'm super, super stoked. This is coming out in less than thirty days. Oh, wait, you, wait, Kanan, Kanan succeeded. Did he? Well, he did. I mean, he taught Ezra. Okay. And Ezra turned out really good. Really? Do we know what happened to Ezra? Well, I guess we'll find <laughs> out soon enough, right? Soon enough. <laughs> so this book comes out, this audio only book comes out April 30th, uh, just 30 days away. And Dave and I, or David, you and I are definitely going to cover this and review it. Yeah. I think we're going to do it for the regular show. So it's not going to be Patreon exclusive. Well, dude, this is a big thing. I mean, celebration is for is literally going to be probably the biggest moment for Star Wars slash Disney because they have to hit it out of the park. 
so, so, they can't uh, fail like they can't like fail. the Jedi. They can't fail like the Jedi. <laughs> but one of the things that I was really intrigued with, especially going back to like talking about like the audio play for Dooku, Ventress. Ventress herself is like one of those characters that me and you have stated in the past that is to- uh, very forgotten as a character. Yeah. Which is a shame because like the only things that we <laughs> that we have of Ventress is a book that came after Clone Wars. Episodes of Clone Wars towards the end, but not very many. And now this. Now, if you know, if you read the book, you know her fate. And it's understandable why she's not around. But still, there's so much that they could have done with her, especially with the witches of Dathmir. That in itself, I hope that this actually succeeds, that we get audio plays of more of like the outside of the galaxy. If they did a book or audio play on the witches of Dathmere, you could be looking at like a horror story from star Wars that could rival some stuff that was taken in the past. Like, uh, um, death trooper. Death trooper was actually one of those old books from the old canon that I really enjoyed that they decided let's make star Wars into a horror genre. And it worked. And I thought that they would actually continue this. And then the retcon happened. But now with the with the advent of the audio only books that are coming out from Delray, God, I want them to cover so many things because the ability to actually go back and tell us stories that we as fans want to know. I'm really excited. I want to actually know more, especially in at celebration. The one of the key things I'm going to be paying attention to is, is what happens at the Delray panel. Because they have two books that are, they're going to be talking about, which is the new Princess Amidala book and the Master Apprentice book that we've been waiting for for a long time. I want to see if they're going to actually make any more announcements at the Del Rey panel. And that's why I said, dude, when we cover Celebration, there's going to be so much that we have to actually pay attention to. I'm kind of wondering what it's going to be like at these panels. Like, is it going to be, it's going to be a frenzy, Dave? Is it going to be a frenzy? Our fans are going to like lose their ever loving minds. Of course. Probably like Frank Oz on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think uh, it's uh, just switching topics for a second, Dave, because this popped up on my feed earlier today. We're going to talk about the Frank Oz thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> like I don't, I like to be more, I like to focus on the good side of star Wars and just talking about what's what we have to look forward to. But Listen, first off, I um can 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 creators just stop fighting with fans? Please. I don't care if you're right. Quit fighting with fans. Fans have been trolling since the dawn of time. The only difference now is that the creators have a voice and yes. they can answer them back. It's- and if you want to have an open dialogue with your fans, okay, do it. But you guys also are are skirting a line here because these are also your customers. And if someone was to go into your place of business and you were to mistreat them in any way, even if you were in the right, chances are your ass will be fired because bottom line, the business cannot be marred by ill customer service. Yep. I don't understand what's going on with this new 
era of social media where these creators want to fight with fans. Defend yourself, okay? Don't allow people to be dickheads, but then leave it alone. Why are you going to fight with people? And now recently, Frank Oz is fighting with the interpretation of Yoda with fans. And I love Frank Oz. The guy is amazing. But I think for the first time, I'm going to agree with the trolls. There's a whole argument about the interpretation and understanding of, of Yoda. Yes. And they're saying they know Yoda better than Frank Oz. And normally I'd be like, no, the creator knows more. But we're dealing with 30 plus years of stories dedicated to Yoda, this character. I will say that we as fans understand the nuances of Yoda's character far better than Frank Oz at this point. Yes, because like, here's the thing, Yoda, when a character transcends what the basics of that character was, then at that point, yes, the original creator of the, the character has as much has a lot to say about how that character is portrayed. But once that character has transcended that and let's it become something else entirely. Yoda has transcended he, 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 from uh, that, from that crazy hermit that we saw in empire strikes back. Right. He's more than that. Yeah. Now I'm not agreeing with the fans that they, they feel like what was the whole argument was they didn't like what Yoda did in last Jedi. Right. It's just more last Jedi trolls. Right. Yes. Okay. I don't agree with their thought on Yoda, but I do agree that they may understand Yoda far better than Frank Oz. Let's be honest. Frank Oz comes in six times out of 30 years. It's like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm here to do a role. Yeah, dude, you don't, you don't, that doesn't mean you understand the story. Has he read every comic book? Has he read every book? Is he the only one to portray Yoda? That's how I would respond to Frank Oz. If he was tweeting me saying, I don't know who Yoda is. I'm like, okay, bro. Okay, bro. These are all the books and comics I've read pertaining to your character, Yoda. How many have you read? How many? None. Okay. Case closed. Get the fuck (laughs) off my Twitter feed. (laughs) It's true, though. It's true. And I love Frank Oz. So I'm not talking shit about him. But I think in this argument, when it comes to this debate, I think the trolls are right. Yeah, I, I, I don't like siding with trollish behavior. Neither do I. But I hate them. When you take a look, when you take a look at like. The argument placed right in front of us. The trolls win this one out because. Frank Oz is talking from a narrow point of view that is only himself. And I'm sorry, you're going to always lose that argument if you approach an argument like that. If you're just thinking, well, you know, I've played him. I'm the original guy who played him. So I know him best because I'm the guy who plays him. Now, if George Lucas said, I know Yoda better than all of you, then I'm like, okay. But yeah, you created him. You created the universe around him. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to argue with George Lucas at all. Even if he says Jar Jar savior to all, I'll be like, okay, George. Okay, George, whatever you say. It's your story, your creation, your boss. (laughs) Now he said on Twitter uh, that I love the movie. All the people who don't like this Jedi thing is just horse crap. It's about expectations. So right there, he's already firing shots at fans already. 
the movie didn't fill their expectations, he says. But as filmmakers, we're not here to f- fulfill people's expectations. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, you are here to actually fill expectations yeah. because you're in the entertainment field. Yeah, dude, you, you're not making an, a low-budget indie film with a, a, a meager budget. You are working for a giant business, a corporation that needs to make money, that relies on fans and their expectations. Now, again, I'm not feeding into the hatred of The Last Jedi. Yeah, uh, It's their movie to make. So yes. I'm not going to say they should have done this or they should have done that. I'm not the writer of that movie. But you have to critique it on its critical basis. Right. And that's what we try our best to do on this network as a whole. But when it comes to expectations, you are kind of there to fulfill fans' expectations. That's, that's exactly why you create sequels. Why else are you doing it? Why else? Please, yeah, why please else? say money, Frank Oz. Please say money because then I'll slap you with that one. <laughs> but that—that's that is the one thing that has driven me crazy. The last they don't feel like they owe the fans anything, and the bottom line is they do they owe do. the fans because guess what? You're an entertainer. <laughs> that's your job. And this, in fact, you know what, Dave? It, that's one of the first things we learned in film school. I remember sitting down with my writer or with my professor, my writing professor, and uh, her and I had a pretty good relationship, and she took me under her wing, and she said, you write fantastic stories, Mike, but you got to make sure these are going to fit within the studio system. Your stories would work great within the indie film market. These are festival contenders. She's all, but when you're wanting to write for the mainstream, it's a whole other beast and you're not writing for yourself. You cannot write for yourself. You're writing for an audience. Yes. And she said, once you understand that you'll find that when you set your mind to writing a certain type of story, it will need to take the audience into account. Mm -hmm. Now, Frank Oz decided to produce uh, an indie film with Ryan Johnson. Then there's not going to be expectations because those types of movies are designed for more, Artistic Um, merit. It's a niche. It's a niche. It's different. But when you're dealing with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, DC. Anything that has a fan base. Yeah. You're you're not writing movies for yourself. You're writing them for the audience. And and I'm not saying that these creators should should acquiesce to fan demands. Please. No way. Should they ever. But you have to understand the business that you're in. Yes. You have to keep it in mind that you are essentially writing stories for people, not for yourself. So Uh there's going to be expectations. That's that's the one thing that's always irritated me with all the arguments from like all the celebrities and Frank Oz and all those people that basically want to bash the fans. I'm like going, do you guys not understand the business that you're in? You are in the entertainment business. You may not like this when I, when I say this, but you're there to make money. And the only way you make Make me happy dance. Dance monkey, dance puppets. These fucking fans are happy. Yeah, it sounds bashing them. They're not going to go see the movie. It sounds like we're being assholes, but that is the cold hard facts. Dance for us. And I'm sorry. Perfect example. Solo. Yeah. What happened? Solo's solo was a really great film. It's a good film. People need to go see it. But why do people not want to go see it? Number one answer that I always get, well, Last Jedi sucked. I don't want to deal with Star Wars. I'm burnt down on Star Wars. Eh. That movie. I heard that too, but those are just babies. Yeah. That movie ruined Solo. 
So in I, essence, mm, I'm telling agree uh, and disagree, but I yeah. agree and disagree. But at the end of the day, so, uh, as a celebrity or a filmmaker, you are held at a pedestal that you have to feel, you have to actually make the fans happy. Right. Because they're the ones that make your next project succeed. What? <laughs> what? You need the audience? What? You need the audience. That's bizarre. What is this you say? <laughs> no, I don't. Fuck them. You want to be an indie filmmaker? Hell, I, I want to be an indie filmmaker. I want to make films that basically make me happy. Fine. I'm going to make my own films. All right. We need to go to a very quick break, Dave. We'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. He's apparently whole fabric of society. So long as they and their weird way of doing sex is is, is legitimized, <laughs> that's what they. Their weird way of having sex or doing sex. I mean, gay folk—they're not aliens. They're not from Trisomia Twenty-One. <laughs> they're human beings. They have sex the same way we do. They don't mind meld in order to fuck. <laughs> now then, they don't, they don't place their fingertips together and they're orgasming. The way these, I mean, Thomas. The, oh, Jesus, uh, he's in the studio. Uh, Thomas, I mean, the way the gays uh, sign those leases for the latest Kia excursion. I mean, it's just, it's madness. The way they do those leases and buy those homes. and You mean and, with the signature the same way everyone I mean, their, else does? Their credit ratings are just exuberantly high for, for people. From it's a just, lack of divorce? It's, it's true. I mean, they live a better life. They have more disposable income than the rest of us. But good golly, they're going to ruin society. <laughs> If anything, we can learn a little bit about economics and and the life savings from the gay community. (laughs) For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. What are you looking at, nerd? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. (laughs) Geek Out Saturday. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like... (laughs) Those books got real dark <laughs> for kids. Bandersnitch. Or like one of them, like you get this is, the, this the is fact that Marvel's for... been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. I walked in, the guy starts, and that's how they go out. Like, because the the rebirth, when they ditched the new 52, because the new 52, they weren't always on the best of terms, they're back together, or, you know, they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, Ooh. and a third item you'll both enjoy. Ooh. 
and six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. So, Dave, this uh, Star Wars Episode Nine poster that leaked, <laughs> it's so fucking horseshit. <laughs> that is, who, who concocted this idea? Whoever it is should get a round of applause because I am pretty sure he fooled or she fooled the, the entire world. world. So many people are posting, oh, Star Wars Episode Nine poster leaked. If that's the poster... What the hell? <laughs> Who designed that? None of it makes sense. C-3PO has a bowcaster. The Knights of Ren have swords. Come on. <laughs> it's a horrible job. People are like, oh, it's fantastic work. I'm like, what? It doesn't even make sense. None of it makes sense. Who's the speed skater in the purple jumpsuit? <laughs> <laughs> you might as well give. I know. I look like a character from Speed Racer. Remember Speed Racer? <laughs> Now, if this comes back and that this is the official poster, then I apologize. <laughs> oh, my God. If this is the official poster, I'm going to be like, going, huh. But it goes back to our problem with marketing. <laughs> yes, it goes back to marketing. If if this is, in fact, the real poster. But I highly doubt it. The work is shoddy as fuck. It, it, it does, <laughs> it's just silly. It leaves you speechless, doesn't it? Hey, so many of my friends sent me the poster. I'm like, oh, this isn't real. I, I said that in a text message. And. My friends all like, no, it is. It says leaked. I'm like, dude, that's not real. One look and it tells me it is not real. It makes no sense. And why why is it that we have to take everything for verbatim? If someone says it's a leak, that means it's not official. <laughs> I'm going to leak a big photo of my dick and be like, hey, guys, nine inch penis. Now, I'm, I'm going to open up a fake account and see how many people believe it. Because apparently people believe everything except Frank Oz. We don't believe him. All right. So Star Wars Episode Nine, unused Carrie Fisher footage is going to be used to help develop Poe and Leia's relationship. Thank the baker. I hope. I hope. Because that was one of the biggest problems I had with episode nine. Never mind the Yoda stuff. Never mind Rose Tico. Never mind all the issues that people say were wrong with that movie. The superficial complaints. There wasn't enough substance to episode nine. There was very little real character development to any of our heroes. Kylo Ren had good development. Ray was a close second. But outside of that, nothing. We didn't really get a lot of development. In fact, I mean, Poe Dameron was essentially downgraded to. I, I, why even put him in the movie? A man baby. It, he, yeah, it was weird. So I'm glad that they're going to use this footage to develop some of our core characters moving into the final installment of this Skywalker trilogy. Now, according to India wire, which uh, is the article I'm using here for this news, Fisher passed away before production on episode nine started, but her character will remain an integral part of the story. Thanks to unused footage. Lucasfilm announced last July that star Wars episode nine would feature the late 
Carrie Fisher as General Leia Organa through the use of unused footage J.J. Abrams shot of the actress during the making of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Since then, fans have been left wondering what exactly the footage shows. It turns out at least some of the footage includes scenes of Leia and Poe Dameron that never made it into The Force Awakens. I am so happy about this because I feel like they were onto something. In Force Awaken, we scraped the the tip of the iceberg. They they gave us this idea that Poe and Leia had a relationship, not not a, an intimate not a sexual relationship. Yes, and, and almost like a, a tutor and mentor. An apprentice and mentor type relationship. Yeah, a teacher and a student. She was teaching him how to be a leader of the resistance. And some of that came through in The Last Jedi. In fact, that's what his story was designed to do. It was designed to show the audience that he's not the leader he will eventually be. And fortunately, it was a little weak sauce. But I get what they were trying to do with his whole issues uh, against... um, uh, what's her name? Hil- Hildo? Hilda? Hil- Hildo? Uh, Haldo. Haldo. Yeah, Haldo. I understand what they're trying to do, showing us that he's not quite ready. He's a little too headstrong. Yeah. But the reason why that felt so weird to me is because we didn't even under, we didn't get that in The Force Awakens. We didn't get that at all, that he was headstrong. We got that he was a hotshot pilot, but we didn't get that he had a lot to learn when it Still. comes to leading and maybe we should have used this unused footage in The Force Awakens. Maybe it would have given us a better, I don't know, outlook at what they did with, um, I should say, maybe it would have brought in more context to what Ryan Johnson was doing in Episode Nine. Well, the scary thing is, Mike, when you think about it, we got more development between Leia and Poe in Star Wars Resistance than we did in... Last Jedi. And yet Leia wasn't even in resistance, has not even been in resistance that much. Yeah. But you, you get the idea that Poe Dameron has a very, I guess uh, Leia has a very special, what, place for him? What's yeah. the way to say that? She, he's a very high-ranking official in her. Uh, official? I would say, well, commander. He's a very high-ranking person. I think she sees the, something. Her ranks. She sees something in yes. him, and she's trying to bring it out. I think that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. And even at the end of episode nine, where she says, hey, don't look at me, and she tells people to listen to Poe. So I get that. That was kind of her handing the torch the to torch him. The torch over to him. And I'm hoping that in episode nine, we see a little bit more of that, that this will be a way to slowly phase out the character of Leia and put the the... The leadership, the weight of leadership on Poe Dameron's shoulders. I feel like that's the the most likely scenario and the most uh, logical approach at this point, especially with what we've seen in episode nine. And now that we got this 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 information saying that they're going to be using the uh, leaked footage to show their relationship uh, or to add development to their relationship, add layers to their 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 um What's wrong? Am I having a a, a meltdown over here? <laughs> yeah. Did the Frank Oz topic like burn me out? I don't know. I can't speak anymore. <laughs> Your well, brain's been fried. Give me a second here. I feel like that's the most illogical approach to go down. If they end up doing that, it would make a lot of sense and also it would clear the board. 
for us trying to figure out where all of our characters are going to end at yes. by the end of this movie, because there's a lot of moving parts moving into episode nine. And if that's what they plan on doing with Poe, that clears the board partially. And it's a, a tidy, it's a tidy finale to his story. If that's the direction they go with. So I think it works. I'm hoping we do in fact, get that. Because we were told by J.J. Abrams that these three new characters that we got introduced to in The Force Awakens, those were the new flag bearers, Ben, Poe, and Ray. Those are the flag bearers for the Rebel Alliance. So out of those three, Poe is the one that's the most logical to actually take up the mantle of commander or leader of the resistance. Because the whole point, yeah, a lot of fans may not like to think about this. The whole point of this new trilogy was to give it ending and phase out the old trilogy. Right. You know, Luke and Han and Leia were going to pass the torch over to these new characters. And these new characters are going to carry the franchise from here on out. I think Solo dropped the torch as he was plummeting to his death. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So during a recent interview... On Sirius XM, Oscar Isaac said that the relationship between Leia and Poe continues through episode nine, thanks to the use of previously shot footage. Uh, he says, I wasn't surprised because I remember we were doing that. We worked a lot, Isaac said, of the scenes making their way back to the franchise. Fisher and I worked together so much, we would talk about the scenes and we got very tight during the shooting of that. So it was a beautiful thing to see, and it gets carried over into the new film as well. As for what it was like to see footage shot from years ago being repurposed for episode nine, Oscar Isaacs admitted it was definitely an unusual thing, but added, I also think it was right to engage with her character and not just let it be something that fades away. Yes. God, thank, thank God that movies make habits of shooting, 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 and then cutting, cutting, cutting. Otherwise it would have been a lot harder to bring that much needed closure to lay a story. Well, dude, I give a lot of props to JJ Abrams as a creative having mind. the foresight, having the foresight to actually say, no, we're going to shoot this. I want to actually JJ understands things as a writer. That's the difference between JJ and Rian Johnson. In my opinion, JJ understands that basically you need character development. You need these moments for the character to kind of, uh, transform or ascend into something else because that's what narrative is. It's not flashbang JJ or uh, uh, transformer like explosions everywhere. It's basically about giving us a solid narrative. And up to this point, that's what we've always harped at about like star Wars, just give us a solid narrative so that we can follow. And a story that we could say, okay, this is what's going to be the new trilogy. And just like you said, I give a lot of, uh, I give a lot of props to JJ Abrams for actually thinking, having the foresight to actually say, I'm going to shoot this when he, I bet you a lot of people will say, well, we're not going to use it. I still want to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's important, man. It's part of the process. So it, they definitely lucked out. Nobody, could have ever known that Harry Fisher would, you know, pass away, would pass away. And it's sad, but at least they have that footage there because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business too, you know, and, and luckily 
the the franchise will be intact well, and, and will feel cohesive because of those shots that they managed to get. And just like what Isaac Isaacs kind of alluded to, or <laughs> kind of like what uh, they alluded to, this at least will help the legacy of Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Yeah, that's and, and that's and that's the most important thing in my opinion. She's vital, and it would feel weird having this movie, and she was just gone. MIA. I know some people had theorized that they would kill her off in the in the opening crawl, or they would find. Well, remember, we had the debate, yeah, which was better. Yeah, I and, was I was going to say they should recast because I don't feel like they could do the story just with the absence of princess leia and that's why i was on the side of recasting because i i'd rather have a fully complete story rather than other i'd rather have a complete story that makes sense and cohesive to the rest of the previous entries opposed to having a character just absent because we didn't want to recast her because suddenly carrie fisher is a sacred cow that nobody can you know nobody can touch can, can touch her and replace her so i'm glad they had that footage all right, Dave. Star Wars Skywalkers is the rumored please, title. Please let it be a rumor. Title for episode nine. And I have to say, that's pretty fucking silly. <laughs> no, number one, unless there's some reveals that that uh, Finn, Phasma, um, Rose Tico, and Ray are all Skywalkers. <laughs> I don't have any idea why they would name it that because we don't have any Skywalkers. Goddamn, Luke got around apparently. I don't, come here. I'm going to put my force in the you. The first order is actually just all my bastard children. The, the, <laughs> oh my God. The first order troopers. All the first order troopers are just genetically engineered. Luke Skywalkers. Yeah. I was trying to create my army without the, without a cloning facility. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rumor that doesn't really carry a lot of weight amongst fans. I do see some social media accounts trying to pawn this off as a potential title if it is dude i'm sorry it's, no. it's kind of weak but also doesn't fit any of the other titles we've had it, do, it doesn't feel right it, think about it force awakens last jedi. the last jedi skywalkers just feels weird and it also feels like they're trying to like do some odd uh, you know homage to like the swiss family robinson <laughs> <laughs> the oh skywalkers when they get to like pull out banjos and guitars and start singing was this the fucking brady bunch it's oh, just, don't. It, it's fucking weak. That's not the title. JJ's oh. far too smart for that. Oh, Fuck so that. Whose idea was this? George Lucas just steps out of the wall. He's all, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> it's called Star Wars Episode 9. Jar Jar strikes back. Ha ha. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> I'm going to go bang my hot wife in the money. Stupid. All right. You know what? We need to close out today's Star Wars discussion. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you missed any part of this broadcast, because you're listening live right now, you can always find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Just search Star Wars from the back to tank. David, I need you to talk for a moment. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. hello. Uh, everything going out fine out there. We're fine here. But yeah, I can't wait, dude. Celebrations just around the corner. We're going to be covering it. Oh, my God. What they what they have to do the first day, that's the one thing I'm trying to figure out. What is the first thing I want to see? And honestly, episode nine, I'm not. I'm I'm kind of like going, okay, yeah, I want to hear more. But Mandalorian, oh my god, I want to see Mandalorian teaser at celebration. With that, may the force be with all of us. See you later.
Ah, yes. 